Well, last year, do y'all remember last year? 2014, we did a series all year long on Wednesdays called Believe. And I really felt um, to continue that through 2015 uh, regarding Believe. We are what we refer to as believers. Anybody here a believer? I believe it's better to to be a believer than a doubter. I believe it's best to uh, get some things settled and rock solid in us to know what we believe, to know why we believe what we believe about a myriad of things. And uh, we covered a lot of those last year. And then this is big in my heart and crucial for the day that we live in, too, is you need to be able to articulate what you believe. It's not enough to just say, well, I, I just believe it. You know, that's not, that's not going to hold any water. And, and you're, you're essentially going to be without influence if you don't know what you believe, why you believe it, and are able to articulate it. And we're actually here to be able to influence and, and help some other people. Further, you're going to have to be able to know what you believe, why you believe, and articulate it even to yourself. Because we don't know what all happens uh, from day to day in this crazy world. I mean... Paris, France this morning, you know, um, you know, the Asian airliner uh, a week or two ago. I mean, there are things that do happen in the world. Reminder, we're not in heaven yet. Okay. And I also want to emphasize God is not the author of those things. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I love it in the Amplified Bible that you may have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. And so look at the MO um, and we understand God good, devil bad. Okay, you got that. And then people, you're going to serve one or the other. And we've chosen to serve God and we are believers. Amen. All right, I'm going to do a relaunch of Believe tonight, a little bit of a recap and give you some of the rationale underneath this. Um, Hopefully, we'll light your fire so that this becomes very important to you. We're also going to be uh, promoting, we call this Midweek at Meadowbrook. This is what uh, the staff, we refer to this as Midweek at Meadowbrook. We believe it is a vital service. And uh, we're going to be promoting it more and more to the whole church family at large. So y'all get here and get your seat, okay? Um, because this this important stuff, especially in the days that we're in. Let's begin with uh, some scripture here, and let's look in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. Well, we got crooked here. Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul said, I know. Everybody say, I know. I know whom I have, help me out, believed and am persuaded. That is a strong word right there, that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern. Everybody say pattern. Pattern of sound words also relates to sound doctrine, which you have heard from me in faith and in love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And so Paul talks about this phrase, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able And I think that needs to be our posture. That needs to be the grip that we have. I know whom I have believed. Along with that, he has revealed things to us. God has. And so I know what I have believed. And I'm persuaded that the one who promised those things 
is able to perform those things. So believing is absolutely crucial in this. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, in the New International, it says, But in your hearts, and that's the core of you, in your hearts revere, honor highly Christ as Lord. Always. Everybody say always. Always be prepared. That's what we're doing right now. Always be prepared to give an answer. This, Greek, this word in the Greek also has the idea of defense, to give a defense, to give a reason. It also carries the idea to clear something. Like if you had to give a reason, why did you do that? Do you remember as a kid, your mom or dad go, why did you do this? I don't know. How many of y'all did stuff? You don't know why you did those things. Okay. Okay. But if you did know why and you could explain it, you would give this, this answer. Where'd we go? But always, always be prepared to give an answer, a defense, a reason to clear this to everyone who everyone, everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope. And this word hope here has the idea of confidence, uh, faith. And so we could say, believe. You've got to give a reason for the, what you believe, for the hope that you have. But do this. Don't miss this last line. But do this with gentleness and respect. Everybody read that last line with me. But do this with gentleness and respect. I'm convinced you cannot do it with any gentleness and respect and still have substance unless you're settled in what you believe. People that get, think about it, when somebody asks you something and you're not really confident of your reasons, we tend to get defensive, we tend to uh, get irritated, you know, our tone changes, and I just don't think that is becoming a believer. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? We're to do this with gentleness and respect, and when you know who you believe, and you know what you believe, why you believe it, and you're able to articulate it, you can remain with giving substance, but yet do it with gentleness and do it with respect. And, and, and I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. It is so important how you talk to people. Think about it. If somebody in a store or even your spouse or whatever, if they use the wrong tone, everybody say tone. Tone is probably 80, 90% of communication. And you use the wrong tone about things and what, what happens? Our window goes up. Mine does. Maybe you got it all together, but some... <laughs> Somebody get a little bossy, pushy, you know, what are, my window goes up. Am I alone in this? Okay. And so are we here to, are we here to judge those who don't believe like us? We're actually here to influence them. We're actually here to model the truth at work and God's covenant and presence at work in us. And we've got to be able to model that and carry that. And that's not a bunch of defensive reactive people. It is a confident people. Are y'all hearing me? Confident, settled, centered, anointed because God is with them in that and not acting out in ways that are contrary to the very fruit of the spirit that we are, we are to carry. All right. I better get to my notes because y'all are all right. Um, Part of what really stirred this was an article I read about two years ago, and I want, to read, I want to read this to you. This gentleman writes, he said, I once met a woman who claimed to be a communist, and I shared a little bit of this 
again just recently. I, I once met a woman who claimed to be a communist. So I started asking her to explain why she thought communism was the way to go. She grew flustered and defensive, but wasn't able to answer my questions or support her view. It turned out she didn't know even the basics of Marxism. I concluded she wasn't much of a communist, if she was one at all. I thought, how sad to declare belief in a system, but reveal such ignorance of it. Then it hit me that countless Christians are similar. Claiming to believe something we know little about. Wouldn't it make others wonder if we were really Christians or even make them question the validity of Christianity itself? So you know what we're going to do? We're going to know what we believe. Amen. We're going to know what we believe and why we believe it. And uh, I'll share some things toward the end of the message too that show you just how crucial uh, this is in our day and age. Look with me in Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. Jesus said to him, you, go ahead and say, that's me. You shall love the Lord your God with, and, 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 and I'm sorry, I, I do know how to read. I'm, I'm trying to get you in this with me too. Because if you see and say, you're going to retain a little better. And it will it, it'll be emphasized greater in you. You shall love the Lord your God with, help me, all your, all your, all your what? Heart. And with all your soul. And with all your And see, a lot of people are just heart and soul and leave the head out, you know? And so I believe we should love and serve the Lord our God with all our heart. Uh, One other passage says with all our, our might or strength as well. And then with all our soul, and remember that our soul, in our soul, that's where we think and feel and decide. And then with all our mind. And so I believe we need to serve God with our mind, too. I think we need to be helping our mind as well. We're not just these closet prayers and we wait for goosebumps and hoony puckers. Do y'all know what those are? I don't know. Somebody told me that's like goosebumps. But just kind of some thrill or some, you know... There has to be this. How many of you know that if we were dependent upon a Christianity that always was emotional, we're going to crash? I I consider myself very stable, uh, very centered. But yet, if I had to live my Christianity based on emotions, if, if my faith were based on my emotions, that is such a roller coaster ride, it'd probably be illegal. And certainly nauseating. Now let's talk about you. Okay. And so it is important that this is not about emotion. I love emotion. I love feeling. I I weepy tonight. You know, worship was beautiful. God's presence, God's people, what he's wanting to do. That's a beautiful thing. I don't want to live this life without emotions. God gave us emotions. And, but we don't make emotional decisions. We're not led by our emotions. That's a very important thing. I love that aspect. And when God is near in a, in, in a certain sense, he's never far. But when he, when he is near, I am just prone to weep. You know, it, it, that just happens in me. I can be all by myself. I can be in my car. I was walking through Publix the other day and just thinking about some things, praying in the spirit just under my breath. And I'm on like aisle six. It's like all this foreign food. I don't even know why I'm on this aisle. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just kind of like weepy. God was in Publix. 
So I love the emotion part of it. But listen, you, you better get something settled in your head. God gave us emotions, yes, but God gave us this, this, this brain, this mind, and we are to love and serve God with all of our mind as well. Can I get a good amen out of that tonight? Now, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Paul says that we, and he's talking to believers, we should no longer be children. Now, Jesus said you've got to become like a child. This is different. This has to do with immature believers. This, this has to do with those that can't connect some things yet. How many of you know that they're, they're children that can be prodigies at some things, but they don't have enough life experience to take their extreme gift and use it in the right way? A number of years ago, tragically, there was a little girl, she was like eight or nine, that uh, was, her parents encouraged it, and she was able to fly an airplane. But she didn't have enough life experience to do it and she went up with her instructor and was you know essentially soloing and she crashed and killed them both and it's because there's certain things you haven't experienced enough of yet to you know to be able to you know there's probably some children that could drive but i don't want them driving yet i want them to see well over the steering wheel and have some depth perception and understand that real life is different than video games and we don't get extra we don't get do-over. Can't pause it. Can't save our victory. You know, you know it's, it's real. And, and we've got to get in, into the real aspect of that. We should no longer be children, immature believers. What's this? Tossed to and fro and carried about with every, look at this, wind of what? Doctrine. Let me, let me tell you something. Doctrine packs some wind. Doctrine, teaching, systems of belief can pack some wind and it will blow you off course if you're not ready for some things or if you don't understand. Now, this does not qualify. This does not qualify if this is good or bad doctrine. Let's continue on here. What else happens by the trickery of men and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting? So sometimes people can can share doctrine and promote doctrine that is not accurate with God's word. And they do it to their own advantage, which always, if you do something to your advantage, that creates disadvantage, manipulation for somebody else. Listen, I'm telling you what would cure the the American church. I'm telling you, is a, a couple of chapters out of the book of Acts, like Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. I'm telling you what we need is a good, healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. And that you don't play. You don't, you don't play around with God's truths, with his word, with his spirit, with, with, with what he has established. You don't, you don't play. And you don't, you don't think, well, God will shrug that off. You know, if, if God was going to shrug things off, then Jesus would not have gone to the cross. It was that serious to him that he sent his own son to the cross. So I, I don't think it's, this is just something God will wink at, shirk at, you know, because it, it has to do with, with people's eternity and how they live life now and also representing God and his kingdom. So what happens, we have to be careful concerning doctrine because here's, here's the two things about doctrine. Wrong doctrine, you want to be careful that you don't have wrong doctrine. 
Well, how are we going to know that? We we're going to have to study right doctrine. And the other thing is extremes. Extremes. Let me give you this principle here. All extremes lead to error. All extremes lead to error. How many of you love chocolate? No, come on. How many of you love chocolate? Don't play with me if you really love it like I love it. But how many of you know all extremes lead to error? You know, too much chocolate. Too much of anything. You know, so all extremes lead to error. And this, the same can happen concerning doctrine. If you, that's why we have to, as we see in the New Testament, rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide. Because otherwise you could take just one thing. For example, grace. Everybody say grace. Grace always is coupled with something else. It's always coupled. And so I'm concerned. And there are some huge teachers that isolate grace. And that's not rightly dividing the word because you have to couple it. And it is coupled with numerous things throughout Scripture. And that's what keeps it balanced. Otherwise, if you go all grace, you're going to have some really, really sloppy living and some unfounded reasons for faith. You all hear me? So I'm not going to go into all of that tonight, but it is vital that we rightly divide and, and not take things to extreme. And so if you over isolate one thing, over emphasize one thing, you'll end up taking it to an extreme and then you'll end up in error. So what do we need to do? We need to study. We need to study to show ourselves approved. We, we need to get solid in these things. Amen. Let me share a couple of things. I shared this with you one year ago tonight too. If we don't know what we believe, if we don't know what we believe, here's a couple of things uh, that are at risk. First of all, we won't apply it. And application is, is the point. You know, application is the proof of learning. Application is the difference between defeat or victory in our life. But if we don't know what we believe, and then when the rubber meets the road, when the storm's at the door, and you don't know what you believe, you won't apply it. Because it's not really real to you. Secondly, if you don't know what you believe, we can't defend the faith. We can't defend the faith with gentleness and with respect. We can't defend it because we'll, we'll have to shut down like the, the lady in the article I read about. You know, she was a communist. She, that's all I got. You know, and so we won't be able to defend the faith. Uh, thirdly, uh, you'll be subject to wrong beliefs. And what happens a lot of times if people only, and, and one of the reasons I want you reading, studying for yourself, and we're going to help you to, you know, remind you of some tools and help you to do that on your own. You need to be like in the book of Acts, the Bereans who heard these things, but you've got to weigh them. You have to weigh them. You have to go search the scripture then and see if these things are so. And the more we're versed in the word of God, then you see something on Christian television or, or whatever, and you go, whoa. I don't have that actual noise go off, but I have an alarm that goes off. Seriously, you get well-versed in the Word, and you hear something that's contrary to it. It'd be like this. You know, you so know your spouse or your children. You know them so well, and if somebody told you something, is so outlandishly different than that. You know, like if somebody told Alicia that I'm an incredible ballet dancer and opera singer... <laughs> You go, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy, you know. If we don't know what we believe, you can't effectively share your faith. 
And I believe this is a year, and I want you to believe for this. Look at me for this. I want you to believe for this. I want you to believe that this year, you, everybody say me, are going to be able to lead at least one person over the line of faith. At least one person. Will you believe God for that? I don't know. No, it's one of the most beautiful things to do. And and God, it's a beautiful thing. It's a desirable thing. And you know what? God will set it up for you. God will help you. But just believe for that this year. But if you don't know, and I mean, maybe there's the moment and you're like, um, I got nothing. God, you know, we've got to know where we're not going to be able to effectively share our faith. And then also, if we don't know what we believe, we can't pass our faith on. You know, and I am blessed. And my family's not perfect. My kids are not perfect. But I am so blessed that every one of them are serving God on their own. They have their own faith. And at Christmas, that's probably the greatest blessing and gift was hearing conversations over the five, six days everybody was home of them talking about God at work in their life and their dependency on God for this and that. And we're, hey, we're praying on that. And, and they're not all hyper and they're not weird. They're awesome. You know, and they're, and they're not perfect. And, they, and there's things... With all of them, I, I just thought, okay, they're no longer living in my house and I'm not raising them at this point and I'm not financially responsible for them at this point. So if they ask me, I'll tell them, <laughs> you know, but you know, I'm so pleased that they have their own faith. They have their own relationship with God and you've got to be able to share those things. And, and we had wonderful times where they asked me things and wonderful times where I got to share things with them. And so we have to know what we believe. Listen to this. It takes only one generation for truth to die. Follow this. One generation for truth to die. One generation lives it. And then if they don't effectively pass it on, the next generation will only remember it. And then if somebody at that point does not get revived concerning the truth, the next generation will reject it. So if we're living it, we need to live it in such a way and know it in such a way that we can effectively pass it on so that the next generation doesn't just remember it, but they too live it. Because then if something doesn't happen, this digresses down To the point that it gets rejected. And can I tell you something? In the United States of America. We've lost so much ground in a lot of ways. Concerning the passing on of our faith. And complications by generation by generation by generation. And so it is time that we be revived concerning the truth of God's word. Can we get a hearty amen on that tonight? So we must study doctrine. We must study theology. I'm going to go real fast here for the rest of this because I want to be able to finish this tonight so we can start fresh next week. Um, Get this. What you believe governs your life. What you believe governs your life. And so we better get clear about what we believe. And then also this goes along with it. Your faith will never go past your question marks. Your faith will never go past your question mark. So there's some things we need to settle and can settle with the truth of God's word so that your faith is robust. It's called heart and head faith. What you believe determines what you think. And what you think is going to determine how you act and how, how you decide. It has to do with your worldview. And everybody has a worldview. 
And there's more worldviews now than ever before. And that is the lens, the filter that you look through to, to view and measure the, beginning, the world, the beginning of the world, the people of the world, the governments of the world, the issues of the world, the solutions of the world, the future of the world. You're going to see all of that through a certain lens. And I do not believe, now hear, hear me because I'm going to clarify this. I don't think we should just have a Christian worldview. Some of you are gasping. I think we should have a scriptural worldview. Because Christian, there's too many subcategories and definitions. We've got to come to a standard. And the standard is the, is the authority of God's word. And our worldview, we have to see the world, the beginning of the world, the people of the world, the governments of the world, issues, problems, solutions, future, all of those things. We've got to see those things through the lens of God's word. Amen? All right. Let me um, scoot on down here. A couple of things I want to share. Doctrine and theology. Those sound like big words, okay? But we're going to share these in some very engaging, uh, uh, digestible, enjoyable ways so that we are, we are versed in these things. What theology is about, there's all kinds of ologies. Physiology, biology. Ology has to do with uh, study of something, but it actually comes from the same word. Everybody say word. The same word that we get word from. Logos, L-O-G-S. And so it has to do with the word or the logic behind something. And then theo is God. And so this is about God and the things of God, the logic, the word about God. It's the study of God and the things of God. And we of all people, we need to be versed in these things. There are major themes that we have covered and that we will be covering, such as the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the Bible, the church, man, sin, salvation, angels, demons, stewardship, end times, on and on and on and on we'll be able to then overlay these things on, on current cultural problems and, and social problems that are going on in our world so that we can view those things through God's word. Theology, and I want you to hear this and see this, theology is the foundation for everything else because that's where your worldview is going to come from. What you believe governs your life. So we've got to get our theology squared away. And what we're going to do is, and continue to do in 2015, we did it, in 2014, is what is called systematic theology. Systematic theology. Just say it, and you'll feel smarter, okay? Systematic theology. And what it is, it's taking theology and looking at it in a systematic way. Now, in our world today, we have, we have frames of mind, we have philosophies, uh, existentialism. What's the root word? Exist, existence. Out of that, we have relativism, and pluralism, and they don't like systems, okay? They don't mind systems for this is how the computer works or this is how the car runs. But when it comes to truth and purpose, they don't like systems. And so this philosophy has pervaded our world and our culture especially. Are y'all, are y'all still with me? And so out of, out of that then, they're okay with purposes, but not purpose. They're okay with truths, but not truth. And they're anti-system as far as purpose and truth. 
But we're going there. And when you discover that, because here's the problem with existentialism and all the, the things spawned off of it is this. Here's their conclusion. Life in the world does not make sense. Can I tell you something? It makes total sense. Did y'all hear me? It makes total sense when you put it, when you frame it with biblical theology and our worldview in that way. Amen. All right. Now, let me just say this. God, this is God's revealed word. And God reveals himself and he reveals his truth. You better learn to love the Bible. And if you're not sure about the Bible, um, let me encourage you to go back and watch some of the early messages of Believe from last year, okay? And we'll probably touch on a few of those things so we can understand where this came from, why we believe it, the authority of it, the completeness of it. But this is the thing you need to know. God is not confused. And he's not the author of confusion. And when he reveals himself, he reveals himself according to his own character and his own, his own nature. And so when he does that, he's connected. So the scripture is just like he is in that there's unity in the scripture. It, it's cohesive. It's consistent. It means it all actually does fit together. Did you know that we can connect everything in here together and then we can connect it to life? I mean, there's a connection between a Moses in a, in a basket in a bulrush and a baby in a manger and a, and a tree that a river's flowing out of in, in after earth is gone and heaven is, is kingdom come. It all connects. And I'm telling you what, it is the great, this is, there's so much joy in understanding the word of God. I'm just going to finish with this. In the book of Nehemiah, we, we quote this all the time. The joy of the Lord is my, it's my strength. Do you know why they had joy? Do you know why they were rejoicing the context of all that? Because they got understanding in the word. And when they got understanding in the word, they had joy. And joy is strength. And so they were rejoicing because they got understanding. I'm telling you, you'll get more joy. You'll get more strength as we get settled in this. And don't wait just for Wednesdays. Be here on Sunday. Make it a part of your life. Kneel before a holy God every day and ask him to teach you his word. And every day you're going to learn and you're going to grow. And uh, I'll tell you what, then you're going to be able to know what you believe. And you're going to be able to have traction no matter what's going on in this world. Amen. Any believers in this place tonight? All right. Good deal.